I'm I don't know how American Daisy is gonna work in terms of uh, your podcasts. Like scope, oh, it works all right. Yeah, because well, uh, you're, you're playing the role of me this week, strangely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because thirty-eight uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes for this one. Hello, class. Let me take a quick attendance check, and then we will start with today's lesson. Jesus, Alvarez? Jesus. It's pronounced Jesus. What did you spell with the J in my book? The J is solid, man. Okay, okay. Very good. Salim Ali Khan? Present. Mary Fuller? Here. Jajit Singh? Jonathan Scott? <coughs> it's Jonathan. Ja. What happened to the silent J? It's not silent. Oh, I think there are more exceptions than there are rules in the English grammar. Oh, shit. Does anyone have a rubber? Jesus, do you have a rubber? Miss, you must have little rubber in your purse, huh? I need a little rubber. Who has rubber? I need a little rubber. Hey, yo, boy, sob. Rubber. It's called the eraser, dog. Krishna Gopal ready? Uh, here. The name is Chris. Excellent. I know. I had never, ever even looked it up until... Uh, uh, a couple days ago, I was like, "Well, how did this fare critically?" And yeah, thirty-eight percent. I was, I was surprised that I was surprised it even had reviews. To be honest with you, because it was such a small film. And I mean, I well, Letterboxd fixed that. What, what was I? The seventh or eighth on Letterboxd? I know, reviews? right? <laughs> it, it's a, and that's kind of the way the way that your endless trailer describes it is. <laughs> <laughs> You eventually got to the point, like the 15-minute mark, like an entire episode of Trilogy Theory. Um, I can't believe we have it's like, a, guest, a guest on here, and he comes on with complaints about the structure <laughs> of the show. The, the speed of the show. Last night, I appalled you when I revealed that I listened to podcasts at 1.75 speed. And now you're complaining really? about a trailer being too long. Well, it wouldn't be too long, sir, if you listen to it on my <laughs> my format. Well, here's the thing. It's like, remember uh, Netflix a little while ago? They had, like, the option mm. to watch things. Uh, maybe they still do. They were watching the two times speed, and people were up in arms about it. And I don't I, – I feel like we're demeaning audio content by, you know, doing the same thing. Like, would you do this to, like, a Tupac song? <laughs> you know. Or, or Busta <laughs> Rhymes, who, like, you can barely understand anyways at 1x speed? <laughs> I need so, this three-minute pop song to be one and a half. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I need. <laughs> the Beatles knew. They had two-minute songs. <laughs> they were great economy in their <laughs> music. Um, but, yeah, uh, so the way that I saw uh, the trailer kind of um, – the way that – what I took away from the trailer was that you've got these uh, very prestigious lists where mm. – um, you know, these films, these are the ones that are worth watching. Whether you like them or not, these are influential films and important films in the pantheon, the history of uh, cinema. But it's so different for, I guess, reg- not, I don't want to say regular people because it's not like – I don't want to put critics above, you know, the general audience. But we come at – Cinema very much like any other art form. It's all about uh, your own personal uh, feelings and experiences. And so when you see that on screen, it doesn't really matter how uh, unrefined a film is on a technical level. If the content speaks to you, then it's going to be put on your own personal list. I feel like I'm just giving all the material away right now. You are. I mean, we can do the show without Dave. That would be glorious, I think, to all, all parties involved. He's become a vestigial organ in his own podcast. <laughs> On that note, uh, I mean, what do you think about 
the attempts at uh, I guess an algorithm for you know something like a Netflix, uh, where I think the idea is we're going to cater based on your your previous watch time, your previous choices. So it's you, you sir, are making the list that we're presenting to you. I don't know how much that is true when they're you know investing billions of dollars every year on their own content. I think they're still probably forcing <laughs> unseen things that have the Netflix label on it. But I mean, is that more, more valid than having some sort of baseline structure? Like, you know, uh, um, even if you're going as populous as like the IMDb, what top two fifty. uh, I mean, what, what would you, a young web in 2021, where would you go if you were starting out? If you're like, okay, I've not seen enough movies. Uh, this is my starting point. This is what I'm going to look to. I mean, honestly, just Google, you type in uh, uh, a film title into Google and you see the first results. And the first results, honestly, are where you can watch the film, the Wikipedia, or IMDb. And I hate to say it, but I think that my journey now would start the same way it started uh, in, in high school, is IMDb, because it's it, it's the internet film database. Um, there's a reason why it's up there and how much it even has like a pro section for actual people of the industry, I guess. So they must use it on some level as well when there's casting to be involved or any research, really. So I think IMDb's top 250 would be the starting point because, and I think, to be honest with you, I think it's a good starting point because that's what's popular right now. And the list, the 250 list, is very different right now than it was when I started now you have a lot of these recent films, but that's not to discount some of the kind of um, cult classics and uh, accepted masterpieces that have risen. Like Harakiri is probably my favorite film. I hesitate to give any one film my favorite film title, but that's probably it if you had to really press me. And I remember at one point, I don't even think it was on the list, and now it's up to like 50, 60, somewhere around there. So it's interesting to see that in my lifetime. And I think that's the best way because it's like IMDb's 250 is what's popular right now. And some of these films do have staying power. The Godfather's probably never going to get lopped off. Uh, Shawshank Redemption I saw... Godfather it, <clears throat> one and yeah. two or, or two and three Shawshank, which yep. is the one I always go to, I think has been number one for the longest stretch. Shawshank Redemption. It's been one for a while. I mean, I remember when Dark Knight came out, it immediately went into the top 10, you know? And so it's that number, kind of stuff. It's currently number four. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> and that, you know what? I, I don't fault IMDb or anybody else who's rated it because – uh, it, it clearly made an impact, and it has that staying power. I mean, to this day, I still think it's a great film, and I'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who uh, didn't enjoy it on some level. So I think IMDb is a good representation of, hey, you might like this, and, and it's a great uh, mix of you should like this because it's kind of um, – it's wild well, – it's accepted that these are the classics. And, and again, I don't ever want to label one film like, no, this is the one that you have to like. There's no one film because it's all subjective. But, you know, there, there's a reason why uh, these films have uh, hung around for as long as they have. So the I would start with one IMDb. I'm is American History X at number 38. Yeah. That's a strange I, one. You know, I didn't realize that was so popular among the, I guess, with the recency bias that that one would be. 38th all time right behind terminator 2 which i think i understand more as far as like that was a huge influential action film american yes. history x right behind it and also above psycho by the way at 41 <laughs> when i first saw american history x that was immediately shot to my like top three because it was just so powerful and i hadn't seen anything like it before and and of course Ed Norton, he had that great little stretch. I think like Primal Fear was excellent. Uh, you've got Fight Club, American History X. So he had a stretch of a few years where he was kind of the top guy, and the death to Smoochie happened, and <laughs> everything went to hell after. I actually like Death to Smoochie quite a bit, actually. I, but. I would be, I would applaud the uh, the work of the IMDb uh, top two fifty years out there if they got Death to Smoochie somehow, maybe in the two forties. <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, you know, looking at this list, um, 
just for IMDb, uh, I think it, it easily reads as a lot of young men of a certain age in the yes. DVD era of movies. Like, there's not... I mean, for as bad as Hollywood is, there's not a strong uh, feminine voice uh, in the, the selections here. I mean... <sighs> I think the first lead I get to, uh, if you want to call it that, because she's kind of subsumed by the Hannibal Lecter character, would be Jodie Foster in Silence of the Lambs at 23. It's like the first time we have like maybe a uh, a main character that is is a woman. A very, I mean the the top classic on here is Twelve Angry Men, which is kind of surprising at number five, um, but. It's a bunch of dudes yelling at each other. So <laughs> if young yeah. guys are going to go to a classic, <laughs> they're going to go to 12 Angry Men. <laughs> and then you've got uh, Seven Samurais, probably. Is that the first foreign film, I think? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you count Good, Bad, and the Ugly as foreign, but um, so I, I find that it makes cute, sense. Cute that Seven Samurai is ranked one spot ahead of seven. Someone was being very coy there as far as having those two together. <laughs> Uh, thankfully, uh, it's two spots ahead of Life is Beautiful. Atrocious. Who are these young kids? (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Even that year when he, he, uh, uh, Benini beat, um, Ed Norton that year for American History X, uh, for Best Actor, too. I was livid, and I knew that, um, I would never, (laughs) never give that, uh, Life is Beautiful a fair shake. You're right, yeah. Uh, Spirited Away is the first animated film. It all kind of makes sense. See, Harakiri is 33? 33? How did that happen? It's it's really impressive. Uh, I I, I really think it's me. I think I bitched at the internet enough, and they said, fine. And the Oscar goes to Roberto Benigni in Life is Beautiful. Roberto Benigni is the first actor to win an Oscar for a performance in a foreign language film since Sophia Loren won for two women almost 40 years ago. This is a terrible mistake because I used up all my English. <laughs> no, I don't know. Oh, this is oh, what is how, how can I, I? I'm not able to express all my gratitude because uh, now is uh, my body is in tumult because it's a colossal moment of of joy. So uh, everything is really in a, in, a, in, a, in a way that I cannot express. I would like to be a, a, a Jupiter and kidnap everybody and lie down in the firmament making love with everybody. Because I don't know how to express. It's a question of love. You are really... This is a moment. I'm laughing at Dave because, you know, Mr. I'm assuming overslept here. I don't know what what's going on here. That or he's just horribly racist and American <laughs> <laughs> He's taking <No>. a stand. <laughs> you know what he did? He saw that thirty eight percent. He saw that thirty eight percent. Oh, he said like, that's this too much. Worth- <laughs> yeah, I just posted our, um, I guess my first selection last night on the feed, and my, um, I guess near miss was a sixty four percent of Woody Allen movie, mm-hmm. which I did shout out trilogy in theory, you know, Purple Rose of Cairo, doing a little cross promotion there. Nice. Um but then Webb just comes off the top rope with thirty thirty eight percent. I I you know, I really didn't even I I genuinely I'm I'm telling the truth here. Like I only saw that rating a couple days ago. I was like, let me see what what is out there because the thing is like I love that movie and I think this is the only time in history this has ever happened. It's like I love this movie so much, it doesn't matter what anyone else thought about it. And and it's a a rare rare occurrence. Mm-hmm. Did you see it upon release? Cuz that also could contribute to it if you were quick to when it came out in that time period i wouldn't know what the general critical consistent consensus were for films like this unless they were oscar nominated back in those days i'd have no idea if it was favorable or not this is a great case of uh yes i did see it when it came out 
but I saw it because of word of mouth, because uh, of I had Indian friends and I had Indian family, so it just kind of went through the grapevine. That, hey, you got to check out this film, and because it was very relevant to me, because as, as an Indian growing up in America, who was pretty much Americanized, um, and properly, I guess, assimilated into the culture, it spoke to me directly, and the people recommending it to me uh, knew that it would as well, and so. Uh, it was just um, I don't I, a, a happy turn of events I guess just like everything kind of worked out in terms of um, uh, where this film was mar who this film was marketed to and it got to those individuals uh, pretty easily I think and again you you've got like an Indian um, uh, you got the Indian cast you've got the Indian people working behind the camera and so. I think they had the connections to kind of get this film out there. As to everyone else, I have no idea because I think it made okay money. I think, but I think uh, if we roll into it here, I think you yeah. should probably explain to our listeners since you're you're putting on the 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 mic uh, jersey, which I appreciate, Webb. Uh, explain like because I'm assuming you know, you had to, uh, you know. Purchase a copy for me and send it <laughs> yeah. over the internet. <laughs> so, what, explain to um, our listeners here just you know what this film uh, is, what it's about, or if you can liken it yeah. to something else that maybe they have they have seen before. Oh, easily, easily. Though the one that I would really put up there is the Big Sick. Uh, I think that's the best way to describe it because maybe it's something recent, it's something popular, and honestly. Between American Daisy and Big Sick, I don't know that many films that spoke to me uh, culturally and like my American experience in between those two films. So uh, that and that's why the Big Sick was kind of a big deal as well when it came out because it spoke to me at a time when I had also just gone through that whole marriage process. So, oh, he, Hamilton. Hamilton is on this list. I, is that a movie? On the IMDb a, a filmed version of the the stage production, as far as I'm aware, I don't know. I don't know what the technicality yeah. is there. Well, no, it it, it it I've seen it. And I love it, but it's not a movie, so I don't. know Everything's why it's a movie on now, here. Webb. Everything's a movie. Everything's <laughs> a TV show. Everything's a YouTube video. Yeah. It's all it's all the same. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Uh, but yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. Should we should we just do the episode or what? I'm not I'm not hearing anything from Dave. Okay. Like, what, what do yeah, you? Yeah, we can. Yeah, just, just repurpose it as a trilogy and theory episode. Yeah. My name is Webb, and this is my co-host, Mike, and we are here to talk about our three movies, yet another wrap-up show. All three of these movies deal with film in one way or another, and the one word that really stuck out to me this time is escape. So, joining us as the first first official guest, um, which was so... Uh, I don't know if the concept was so offensive to my co-host that he decided to uh, not appear on this show. Uh, I don't know if it's a personal attack against you, Webb. I, I don't know. I don't know where <laughs> you guys are as far as your relationship. Uh, I know that Dave and myself greatly offended you as a podcaster by admitting that we listen at uh, faster than normal speed. Uh, so maybe that's just you know a bridge too far for Dave. Those those fences cannot be mended. That uh, <laughs> he cannot even be in your Skype presence anymore. Uh, but you came on. Uh, we co-host a show called Trilogy in Theory, and you're saying that this is now a um, I guess a lost Trilogy in Theory episode. If it's just the two of us, <laughs> I guess <laughs> not so. as well. So so if you like what you hear, uh, even if you don't like what you hear on this one, 
give that show a shot. Subscribe, uh, because I will give you some credit here. Because of the premise of this show, uh, you really dug deep. I mean, you. I, I kind of said, hey, you can pick an established classic. You can pick something that's a little bit more personal. And you went decidedly more personal, which we do that on Trilogy and Theory, but we also are suckers for the downloads and we try to maintain yeah. some populist picks. So I'm really impressed with you on this one. Uh, my wife was as well. I sent you a text, I think last weekend saying I gave a list to my wife, like here are all the movies I have to watch for my various podcasts. And she chose this one. So why don't you introduce the, the film that you brought to the table as the first official guest and uh, I guess, you know, official co-host now because Dave is horribly racist. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely the film that i immediately chose and i, I guess it's <sighs> I, i've been wanting to talk about this for a while with uh somebody who was not indian uh is a 2000 and yes that's right i'm shocking. indian <laughs> to, shocking to our <laughs> listeners i'm sure <laughs> that's not necessarily true because i i don't have an accent so if i'm just talking to somebody on the phone you wouldn't generally uh, uh guessed that i was uh, born in india and i just meant my here. accent in particular oh, but... certain. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair Although, as well i do want to point out that my my favorite uh football player of all time uh randy moss has a uh a beautiful southern accent that i <laughs> adore which only adds to you know why he was my favorite <laughs> beyond his skill set as a as a wide receiver so you know um it can it can be deceiving, I guess, if you're talking to someone on the phone. But that's kind of what this film is about, right? Is uh, breaking away and attempting to be something else from what you were, which I think can apply to a lot of films about going away to college. This one, though, has yeah. a more specific bent. Yes. So this is the 2001 American comedy, American Daisy. Uh Daisy is a term for anyone in the subcontinent, anybody brown, so like from Pakistan, India, and uh, like Bangladesh, that general area. Uh, it's not an offensive term. It's just a term that has been uh, used by the community, and it's totally fine. It's it's not offensive at all. Uh, it's right. You in have the to explain title. that to someone like me and basically explain that to the whites as far as what <laughs> yes <laughs> what can we say <laughs> especially when something we're unfamiliar with uh now that being said uh i will warn i guess that there is maybe some comedy that's not aged as well nothing uh specifically about uh, this indian american family but there is definitely um uh, I would say an authentic appropriation for that age group from one of the characters in particular. Yes, and I'll get to all of that actually. Uh, so, just the premise of the film is you've got a character, uh, the main character named Krishna, but he shortens his name to Chris. And I immediately attach myself to that concept right away because my full name is Vabhav, but somewhere in elementary school it got shortened to Webb. Because it was just easier for the Goras. And the Gora is the, it's an Indian word, it's a Hindi word for white. That's just what it is. So uh, it's heard a couple times throughout the film. Uh, I'm not sure if the subtitles were adequate um, as you were watching uh, because I didn't need them. It, 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 you know, and that's another thing that might be a little barrier for people to fully embrace the film right away. And so you've got this main character who grew up, uh, I, well, I assume born uh, in America as well, but grew up in America to Indian parents. Uh, he very much despises uh, his Indian culture. He's more, much more comfortable, uh, baseball, drumming, all the things that I guess normal, uh, excuse me, not normal, uh, what American kids would grow up with. Typical. You know, or typical. at least a typical idea. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, he's finally getting ready to go off to college, and he will be free from the cultural aspects of his life. Um, and, and you see that kind of right away as the opening credits. Uh, he's headed off to college, getting shedding his Indian uh, baggage. And as soon as he gets to college, and this is where kind of the fun, I guess the stereotypes kind of come into play. Uh, the way the college has decided to uh, group individuals in their first year is by major, which to be honest with you is, is not a terrible way to go about it. It's an interesting experiment. 
and he is an engineering major because why isn't he? He's brown, so very stereotypical, but no worries. Uh, and turns out all of his roommates are Indian. So just when he thinks he's out, they pull him back in. Um, and then the <laughs> shout out to the IMDb top two fifty <laughs> number two and three. <laughs> <laughs> the Oh, actually, that's from the third film. So I don't know where that is on the. Is IMDb there a third 250. film? I don't. I'm not aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You know what? Now that I think about it. On that uh, note, can and, I sidetrack us? Can I do a little yes. trilogy and theory thing? Did you watch yeah. the uh, something? I guess it came out like within the last six months. Uh, I will say. As horribly racist as my co-host is, uh, that he removed himself from this recording. He did send me a digital copy of the newest uh, Coppola cut of Godfather 3. Did you get a chance to check that out? I have it in my iTunes library, and I haven't because I've wanted to go through all of them. And I went through the first one, and as soon as the, that uh, the coda, the death of Michael Corleone, as soon as that came mm -hmm. out, I immediately I was like, all right, I got it. I'm going to go watch uh, Godfather, and I went through Godfather 1. Fucking loved it, obviously, uh, mm -hmm. and then started Godfather two. And halfway through, I was like, "Oh, boy, this is uh, this is long." And then <laughs> got sidetracked <laughs> with other stuff. So I know that people love Godfather two to the point where they put it over one. I'm not one of those people. I think mm, Godfather okay. one is a perfect film. I think that uh, the the novel is amazing. And if you have Audible, go spend a credit on it. Uh, because Fat Tony from The Simpsons gives an amazing hmm. rendition, uh, uh, narration of the book. And here I was so, about to make a, yeah. another uh, hideous joke about my listening speed preferences. Um, but <laughs> instead, I'll just turn it into a promotion for our podcast, Trilogy in Theory, yeah. where Webb, as the editor, keeps a, a very brisk 30 minutes, usually 30 minutes or less, actually, uh, as yeah. we go through... Uh, three movies every month to make your own trilogy in theory. So there you go. I, I'm going to get those in as often as I can, Web. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I, this is also like a, a clue that if anyone ever invites me on as a guest, I am a horrible, horrible shill for my own <laughs> ventures. <laughs> I'll find a way to turn it to like, you know what this reminds me of? The stuff I talk about somewhere else. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so talk about that. Even on my own Well, show. trilogy anyway. in theory... Trilogy Theory is very brisk, so much so you might actually have to listen to it at 0.5 speed because you'll want to just hang out with us <laughs> so mm. much more. Light some yeah. candles. Valentine's Day weekend. <laughs> Spend it with us, of course. Certainly. As we talk about <laughs> Danny Aiello <laughs> being horrible to poor Mia Farrow. Mm -hmm. um, so... You've got a lot of things happening in this film. You've got your main character who's trying to shed his uh, Indian background and finally kind of embrace his true self because he's trying to be his own person and not be defined by his culture and his family's heritage. But he's stuck with Indian room partners, as he just, as he <laughs> says to kind of mock them. And what did you also... think about that? Other other than the you know, it's a necessary comedic uh, plot yeah. point. Uh, as the the white uh, watching this, I'm like, man, uh, whoever's in administration, I'm like, I don't know if that's that's cool that we <laughs> are selectively grouping people. Like, on the one hand, you could say, uh, you know, maybe it's a comfort to someone, like you're saying, coming from a different uh, background. But this guy is, uh, you know, he's totally Americanized as far as his upbringing. He has. Uh, the what I, what I really liked about this film is that you have often times films are accused of having a token minority character, usually as the best mm -hmm. friend or background player. <laughs> this time it's the white, the blonde haired white dude. It's just yeah, you bring him in occasionally, uh, just for you know, just to for some comedic, uh, mainly interactions with the family. This this guy, he's like me with his podcast. He's always got his hand out looking <laughs> looking for money. <laughs> um. But what what did you make of that particular thing? Because that's the I feel like it either gets you to root for our main character, it maybe puts you in that defensive stance like him. You're like, hey, that's not cool. He's going away to college to experience new things, and now it seems like he's being pigeonholed. Like, well, this is the only ex experience that uh, you need to be involved with. You need to you just just stay with that experience that you've had growing up. 
Uh, and of course, it creates some conflict with his roommates, who, as I put in my letterbox review, which is like one of eight, uh, maybe nine now, if Webb's got his up. Um, <laughs> I will. In the, probably the most su- supportive uh, college friend base of complete strangers you'll ever meet. This, these three characters put up with all manner of bullshit from our lead uh, and oh, yeah. basically just try to help him uh, acquire any sort of experience that he wants in life while basically having to deal with numerous temper tantrums, which is also interesting for like a, com- a comedic film this way that our main character at times is very unlikable, at least to me. He is. And that, again, that's one of the reasons that this was an interesting watch for me because I see so much of myself. Like I've had those exact tantrums with my parents and my Indian friends. And so it's absolutely a, a frustrating watch. But eventually, by the time the film ends, I come to grips with it. I really didn't think too much about the social aspect of it or like kind of what he wanted because ultimately he's grown up the character has grown up resisting indian culture and while he was Mm -hmm. dragged to all those culture events as he described same as myself i think that he has lived that american life and now he's being forced to live one with uh indian individuals who are of his own age and had they have a similar life they have similar life experiences uh, because when you're living in an Indian family, you're not living with Indian people like kind of your own age that you can consider as friends. The same with any typical uh, family from any culture. Uh, you're pretty much dealing with people who are much older than you or maybe a sibling. And so it is – he's having a different experience. He's dealing with Indian people and Indian culture in a very different way, in a way that he might be able to relate with. So I think that he is having a new experience. He just doesn't see it that way. But And then as the events of the film kind of continue, you begin to see that different experience because he's able to relate to these other characters and make connections in a way that he's never had before because he so resisted the Indian uh, culture beforehand. And then another reason for that, again, I hate to say it, sometimes it just takes that special person and he finds that he's super attracted to this individual unbeknownst that that she's Indian. He he has no idea. So when he has that meet cute with her uh, at the party, and it is actually still, you know, 20 years later, I still find it kind of interesting. I've never seen a pickup line the way that they, the way that he delivers that. It's very, it's all very devious as it's described in the film. Uh, And sometimes that's all it takes. If you find somebody you're attracted to, you will become much more open uh, in terms of the experiences that you never thought you would have. It's just, that's how it works. He's, he's an interesting character, uh, Chris, because what he, I think. I mean, I think it's legitimate, especially in the college college experience, to want something other or different. Um, yeah. To to recast yourself in in some way. You bring up a good point, though, that he's kind of going through that recasting process by uh, becoming more involved with his uh, Indian background than what he ever had. I don't. I don't want to say had the opportunity to, but you're right. It's different as far as your peer group. Uh, being involved yeah. in that and something that your parents are passing down to you that no, no matter what your cultural background, uh, you know, the, the stereotype is to, to at some point rebel and reject <laughs> whatever it is. Like if you if your dad uh, really wants you to play baseball and love baseball, you know, inevitably there's going to be a, a scene uh, where the, you know, the glove or the ball is thrown down and you're like, I hate this game and you know, <laughs> and yeah. I hate you too, pops, that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, no matter if that's being honest or, or just an outburst, uh, but it's it is interesting because there's a lot of back and forth where I felt like this particular dynamic in this rom com, um, there's an appreciation for for effort, I think more so than than most, because the Nina character actually has him his number pretty well. Um yeah. she, she knows she's not he's not really being his authentic self by uh, signing up for all these uh, extracurricular student activities just as a means to get closer to her. Um, and I like that they don't necessarily play that aspect of the romance so broad. Now, the comedy itself 
uh, can be very broad. Uh, so when you very. mentioned like the big sick earlier, I'm thinking yes and no, because that is clearly got like, you know, I, I don't know what we call indie anymore because that actually does have famous people in it, but it still has a structure of a Hollywood romance film that we'd expect. Um, this one, uh, its influences, I, I think, I don't know if it's being sly, but it's definitely drawing you into uh, a different type of comedy <laughs> than maybe what American audiences expect. The funny thing was I was trying to compare it to um, around this time period, another you know teen comedy with American title, American Pie. And I'm thinking from an old man, they're not that different as far as like the absurd broad characters that come into play. Uh, you know, they're, Stifler in American Pie is dialed up to 11 as far as hyper, yeah. at times, toxic masculinity. And some of the stuff here, the only thing that I think maybe still sticks out is something like American Pie when there's violence. While it may not have um, much in the way of implications other than like, you know, they, they beat up the bad guys or they, they did something uh, to the, the bully uh, here, when there's a fight sequence, it is played extremely <laughs> broad and goofy. It becomes this like theater piece almost <laughs> in this yeah. hallway. The wet and... willy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder, like, have you had experience with introducing this this film uh, to other people? Maybe not of an, an Indian background and what you know what they they thought about it when you you forced it upon them. Or am I the first? Web. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I stayed up late reading comics last night, got up early in the morning, got some Panera. I was like, I'm ready for this. <laughs> Only to see that I was recording trilogy in theory. That's <laughs> right. Well, you know, you got to adjust. All right. You got right. to move forward. All right. How, how do we. This is going to be a bitch editing, by the way. You're like, I don't know how you're going to do this. <laughs> well, it's all up to Dave. Does he give me juicy sound bites that I can just drop in? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Webb, what have we uh, what have we talked about point by point, and then we just interrogate okay. Dave, and then I just awkwardly drop in Certainly. his answers. <laughs> <laughs> just generic. I agree. <laughs> just oh, Webb, you know, just little clips <laughs> throughout. <laughs> Webb, what's wrong with you, you um, idiot? So, let's, let's just throw that in there. It's perfect. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we we quickly went over um, kind of the plot of the film that you've got somebody who is trying to escape his cultural heritage. Uh, he was did not want to be a part of his Indian culture. He escaped off to college, only to find himself right back in it. I believe that while he had some kind of an Indian experience of living at home with his parents, he didn't have the same Indian experience. Uh, with peers of his own age, uh, with people who he might be able to relate to. So I think that he's getting a different experience in college. It's just he doesn't see it that way at first. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I, so basically what you're saying is he's had too many white friends at home. That's that's, that's the problem. These blonde... <laughs> I, don't ag- I don't agree with that at all. What's going on here? <laughs> These blonde idiots who are just fleecing his parents for money at any chance that they possibly can. Yeah, I... My favorite character. God damn it, I Dave. thought so. I, I had a feeling that that would be your favorite. Um... So yeah, that's actually that's actually something I, I I find this movie very charming. Like I you know I read some reviews of it and people kind of talking about how it like well it it lacks polish and a lot of the actors aren't professional I, and I was one of the eight on Letterboxd, Dave. I was I think the eighth <laughs> review. <laughs> no, I meant like actual reviews, like like people. I think there's thirteen. Yeah, yeah there's there's, on... there's probably not many more. You're right. Thirteen on Rotten Tomatoes, oh. and. It actually kind of made me nostalgic for yeah. this time in independent film, like when 
when I was first watching independent film a hundred years ago, because I'm old now, like this is kind of what you would expect to see if you went to your uh, independent uh, independent movie house and you saw like a you know a beginning yeah. filmmaker you know making you know essentially their first movie with no budget and a bunch of their friends and so like it was very charming to me as as I was watching this it kind of took me back in time. Um, and so you, it's not a mystery, you know, where this movie is going, right? It's a coming of age story. It's, it's him. It's, but in a way it's like a reverse coming of age story, mm-hmm. right? Like he's almost moving because in the story, he's moving away from his heritage and this movie, he's finding a way, he's finding his way into his heritage in a way that's not pushed upon him by his parents, but in this way, pushed up pushed upon him by his peers and by a pretty girl, which is like the best way to get any of us dumb men to learn a lesson is to put it in the guise of a beautiful woman. Exactly. And we're like, okay, I guess, I guess I can get behind this. So yeah, I think, you know, he finds his heritage in a very, in a very different way uh, than most, than most people do. And I think it's probably, obviously I can't speak to this and Webb, you probably can or have much more is that it's, How dare it's you very skip over me. You don't give me an shut opportunity. Up, shut up, Blondie. <laughs> no one wants to hear from you. Um, so I, I think it's very different like kind of being a part of a culture and trying to acculturate into American culture and then trying to find that balance, uh, which I think kind of all of these characters in college are trying to do. And I think it, at some level it's a universal story of us all trying to find our balance and find who we are and what we are but adding the cultural element i think you know adds a lot of challenge to it and you know i i don't think it's a (laughs) i don't think it's just chance that the guy they they picked to play this lead character out of all the indian characters is probably the most like stereotypically kind of uh good looking in white culture like he looks like he's got like the square jaw he's got he's got Jesus, all Dave. that going for him hot or not yeah, i mean here, man? <laughs> and he's got like the very he feels like he almost has like a california accent like he's very very acculturated like trying so so hard and then he's thrown into this situation where i was a little a little concerned when i first watched it like oh man they're really playing up the indian stereotypes here like the you know, the cadence and everything else. And it ends up some of those characters ended up being my favorite characters yeah. in the movie. Like the, the burgeoning artist, I think is honestly like the, my favorite storyline in the movie. And it's Cal Penn. Don't lie. <laughs> I don't need Cal Penn dropping end bombs every five minutes. Of, there, that was definitely like, Oh man, this is of its time. Like this would not fly now. I bet Cal Penn looks back at this and it's like, <laughs> I don't know. About well, that. thankfully, well, Webb is the only one who owns a physical copy it's of it. True. So it is... I see. <laughs> I, well, yes, I agree. And Webb coming in to defend the N word. Okay, cool. let's go. But, <laughs> I do know people like that, and so it it's. It is no, no. I'm not defending it. I'm just saying it's very authentic. It's like I I've known people like that, so I, I'm not going. Do you want me to, to mute uh, Dave? I can do that. We can go back to the nice trilogy and theory rapport we had. <laughs> <laughs> there's um, so there's a line that uh, I think Nassim Pedrad says in the Aladdin live action remake, and uh, she says describes Aladdin as. It's uh, he, he's, he's clumsy, but in a charming sort of way, and that's kind of what this film ultimately is. It is very unrefined, and it has uh, those, uh, as Mike and I mentioned, the broad comedy that really relies heavily on the stereotypes. Um, and I, I'm not explaining it or making an excuse for it, but the way I see it, the film is very much like its main character. It's trying to balance its. American modernism with some of the old school like Bollywood flavor throughout and so some of that is going to be broad comedy and it really doesn't affect me and I was kind of surprised that some of that stuff really didn't affect me as much because I guess the film is just too personal uh, I very much relate looks. to the Chris character and actually looks. to uh, uh, most of uh, the side characters as well. They all Dave's going on, on about oh, how certainly. great looking he is, and Webb's like, "Yeah, <laughs> that's me." Baby. Thank <laughs> God Webb's head camera is on. That's missed. all I'm saying. Give, give me something good to look at. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll deal with me later. 
Dave. Don't you worry. And, <laughs> and what we talk about, uh, the whole point... <laughs> The, you know, uh, uh, the point of, of this podcast, uh, which I, I do, if I, you know, <laughs> that was on Mike, when you eventually got to the point in your trailer, <laughs> I did appreciate uh, the fact that, you're right, we only have a limited amount of time on this earth, and so the films that we choose to spend time with really uh, does speak to kind of the people we are. So now we can't always... Uh, have a steady diet of Godard and Bunnell and, and um, uh, yeah. have you seen Al, uh, what's it, Alhazard, Balthazar? I'm probably mispronounced, butchering it. Like, I, it's one of those Robert Brisson films. It's, <sighs> it's like this accepted classic, and I was just so deathly bored throughout it, and it's going to knock me down a peg, I guess, in terms of cinephilia. You, know what, you but, always crack me up, Webb, because you, you do this on Trilogy in Theory, and then it's like, uh, I send you a text like, hey, you want to watch Get Shorty? And you're like, yeah, let's watch Get Shorty. Cinephile <laughs> <laughs> fake. This guy <laughs> pretends to like all this stuff and it's like, ooh, it's so boring. <laughs> That's fair. But when we see these lists, the uh, IMDb Top 250, AFIs, uh, Sight and Sound, They Shoot Picture, Don't They?, you know, as much as I want to be cultured and, and be very aware of all the films for from all these different countries that I am supposed to appreciate, uh, Michelangelo Antonioni has uh, several films where he, like, rewrote film language, apparently. And I actually do like them quite a bit. But it's like you can't have a steady diet of that. And ultimately, when you create your own list of films, there's, you're going to sneak in a lot of those personal films. And so this is just one of those that... I'm sorry, I've got my fucking watch that's... I have it on airplane mode, and it's still giving me notifications. Just to watch beeping, you could easily just edit yeah. it out until you're like, fucking god, 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 watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not a good enough editor to do that, so I always have to kind of restart. I'm like Fincher. I need to just keep taking takes until it's uh, good. Just, just cover it with some random music. You'll be fine. That's, that's all you need. Yeah, just for for our listeners, uh, Trilogy in Theory is a half hour show that takes Webb and I three weeks <laughs> to record one <laughs> one thirty minute conversation. So, when you're creating your own lists, you're going to have these personal films sneak in, and this film came out at a time when I was going through all of these same issues in terms of women, in terms of career, in terms of my own personal uh, heritage fighting with uh, what kind of person I want to be and how much of my cultural heritage do I want to allow to define me so all you know warts and all there's just too much good in this film uh, that's that speaks directly to me and it wasn't even a film that I was asking for at the time because 2001 I mean you know uh, Studios weren't being bullied to include a, a specific amount of diversity, and this film just had everything that you know I, I see in my regular day. So uh, it was kind of perfect. It I didn't see one commercial for it. I think it was all through the grapevine that an Indian friend of mine was like, "Hey, man, this film came out and looks really interesting. Let's check it out." And we did, and he <laughs> found. <laughs> I remember he came over one day and he had a VHS of it. I was like, "Where'd you get this?" <laughs> it's like it's, it doesn't look official at all. I was like, "Yeah, I know, right?" <laughs> we just put it in, and you know, it was a bootleg copy. The film did enough business. I think it was uh, like a quarter of a million budget, but it did like one point something. And I can't imagine the marketing budget was anything more than Cal Penn like texting people, "Hey, man, watch this." So uh, ho I hope it made a profit. I certainly eventually bought my DVD. So uh, hopefully I, I was able to uh, help uh, put some money back in the pocket of these individuals. Do you have the hardcover edition that I'm seeing on Amazon? Yes, the, the Digipack. Yeah, I don't have a regular DVD. It's like open and shut. You open one side, you open the other, you've got two discs. One for the DVD, one for the soundtrack. And boy, I, I, you know, it's one of those films that uh, I haven't even listened to the audio commentary. I've had it for so long because <laughs> I start watching it and I'm just like, shut up. Like, I just want to watch the film because uh, each joke kind of lands well enough for me. And Such respect yeah. for the filmmaker. So, uh, I, I will one day. The filmmaker who features. never made another film, apparently, like just completely disappeared. I mean, you know, when you 
when you write to kill a mockingbird, you don't need to do anything else. <laughs> so you say we got another fifty years until someone tries to use this poor man as he's losing his faculties to make another movie. That's that's what we're okay. Good. And it, they revealed that the Cal Penn character actually was unbelievably racist. This is one of the things I miss most about India: the freedom, no bogus rules. No regulations. Just do what you want freely. No botheration. Hey, hey, come on, man. Come on, man. God, why you gotta go ruin my sneakers, man? $60 for these bitches. One of the things I, I, I will... Actually, the only thing that really stuck out to me is like, boy, this didn't age... It's not so much it didn't age well. It was never cool is the villain of the film, Rakesh, uh, and his uh, two lackeys. That is straight out of an old Bollywood film. Like, that is a complete homage. And so it's kind of cringeworthy uh, to hear them go back and forth, but it's so bad, I just kind of end up laughing at it. Uh, what did you guys think of that? Like, did were there sequences in this film or characters or scenes where you were like, boy, like, damn it, Webb, well, why? Well, hold on. <laughs> Let, let me jump in because Dave will take that particular uh, line of <laughs> questioning. I'll be a little bit more positive in that when you're sp- speaking about the villain in particular, I actually think that people enjoy the simplicity of a school setting in films. Mm-hmm. If you could personify all of that self-loathing, all of that doubt you have about yourself in a physical presence in the form of the bully mm-hmm. that you could – in this case, physically vanquish or best with your, your cunning, uh, you win the girl. I think that it's some, you know, it's some comfort food that we expect when you put these stories into to film. Uh, is it broad as some of the other ele- elements of the film are? Sure. I, I don't know if it's necessarily more broad than, as I mentioned uh, earlier, Stifler in American Pie, right. who is an extremely broad version of the hyper-masculine jock. That is more palatable, and I don't know if it would be attacked as much because it's it's a white guy and a movie aimed at primarily white uh, high school students. Here, it might be like, oh, that doesn't people don't act like that. Well, people don't act like Stifler <laughs> either, for the most part. The, the sad thing is, they may want to be Stifler, <laughs> but somehow they're not as charming yeah. as even Stifler. <laughs> Stifler is still a more charming version of an asshole. I didn't have any problems with it, and I kind of liked when the film went that direction more um I, I like some of the more sweet earnest moments but i had no problems at all uh with the mustache twirling vi- villain especially if you're putting it in a school setting because i feel like that's how i <laughs> <Yes>. felt <laughs> when i went to school that there was some prick that i couldn't stand that was like he had to be evil personified like dave yes yes if i went to school with dave Good. that would be dave so dave go ahead be mr negative <laughs> as you usually are <laughs> Um, so I had a few moments like that, uh, what you're talking about when they kind of first showed up, cause it's, it is, especially for, you know, stereotypical white viewer, it is a little kind of like out of left field, like the stylistic choices. And as it went on, I just kind of, I made the assumption that I was like, okay, this, cause there's a, I've seen a few Bollywood movies here and there, but definitely I'm not like well versed in that world. And I just figured like, okay, this must be. So it's supposed to be a connection to it. Um, but, Mike, you're absolutely right, and that's such a great point that, um, you know, the evil jock character in kind of white American uh, college stories or even high school stories is very stylized. I recognize it because there's enough there's enough similarities to reality where you're like, oh, this is just an expanded version of that, and you can get behind it very easily. And you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of know that guy. Whereas, you know... I don't have the, you know, the film vocabulary or the life vocabulary to understand this kind of Bollywood homage. But I feel like they do a good job of keeping that stuff relatively brief. And you're all you really need to know is like, well, those guys suck. And you get that very easily. Like, you know who you're supposed to be with. And I think the... The subtlety in this movie, if there is any, because it's not designed to be a subtle film. It's a coming-of-age college movie. It's about <laughs> no. the interactions no. between Chris, Krishna, or and his new friends at college. Like, are we supposed to like them? Are we supposed to dislike them? Are we supposed to like Chris? Because mm-hmm. Chris, like, spends the first 40 minutes of the movie just bitching about everything. Like, he just complains, as we all do. Like, we're all like – and so I <laughs> yes. kind of get that. But also it gets to a point where you're like – 
dude, it's not that bad. You don't even know these guys. Like, maybe give them half a chance. I mean, sure, there's a weird guy kissing a poster of a pretty girl, which I assume was Mike's favorite part of the movie. Um, but, like, you know. I was that guy. See, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, I will admit that, you know, the villain characters at first are kind of, it's kind of a lot. But you start to kind of just you get into the movie and you're like, okay, this is this is a stylistic choice we're going for. And it's helpful that you're not supposed to like them and they get theirs in the end. And sure, the the fight is ridiculous. It's not exactly, it's not, you know, it's not John Wick going after this villain, but it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's fun. And, and I think the movie never really loses its sense of that. Like even when things get relatively serious, like he gets in a fight with this girl and that's, you know, it's not over the top. It's not crazy. It's just like, okay, we're going to, we're just going to have fun and things are going to wrap up as they're supposed to. Like, you don't, I don't think you watch a movie like American Desi going like, well, I want gritty realism. Like that's not, (laughs) that's not what the movie is doing. And that's not what we're here for. And I think it's a, it's one of those movies that is it at all time. Great. No, but does it, it accomplish everything that it sets out to? I kind of think it does. And there's, there's a comfort in that. You know, much like there's a comfort in a lot of high school and college coming of age movies. And it produced more content for me and Dave. Yes. I mean, that was its ultimate destination. It finally, it finally has reached what it was supposed to do. You're welcome, American Tessie. <laughs> and, and you know what? The, it's, it's funny because it's a film that I really don't recommend all that Except to us. Because... <laughs> It's such a pain to get it out to people. And I, you know, and the only real way I can't tell people, oh yeah, I just saw it's Netflix nowhere. or it's on this streaming because it's so indie that I have to rip my friends a copy of it and get them to watch on their computers, which is way too much effort for podcasts. You nerds, fine. Ah, it's nothing. It's just like, yeah, of course I can do that. I'm glad we live in an age where I can kind of go back to a film like this and share it with other people. Whether it's going to be shared beyond that, I don't know. Uh, Again, I I do feel like it was meant for a specific audience, but I think there's much more universality to all of its themes. Like, who can't uh, relate with getting pressure from a parent to go into one specific career field and wanting to go somewhere else like that kind of stuff it's not specific to indian culture uh it's just they kind of used a little bit of the stereotype of engineering maybe and it is something that even i was going through i really wanted i had i won scholastic art awards in elementary school <laughs> and my parents were like Ugh. none of that <laughs> textbook in my hand, like, no 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 <laughs> none of that but because I went through that experience, my brother got to major in film, and he does video editing as his career. So, God damn it. You were the sacrifice. The kid has that to take it. those lumps. <laughs> you know, speaking, you know, kind of of the universality of this, like, I think we've talked about a fair amount. But there was one thing in this movie that was like, I had friends tell me this exact thing. Because I had friends who were in engineering. I was never anywhere near smart enough to be an engineer. So I was like, nope, not doing that. But that line that the teacher has where he says, you know, look to your right, look to your left, like one of these people is going to fail. That's something engineering professors still do. Like that is, <laughs> that is that is a story I heard in college. That is a story I hear from young people now. And it's just like, wow, that, you know, we're really, it feels like something that is dramatic and over the top. But like, no, this is the, this is the system of academic pressure that a lot of these people are in. And if you look at the pressures of stereotypical Indian households, which Webb, you have told me about, I've had a lot of friends tell me about, like this kind of like, no, you're pushed into the, you know, math and science realm. This is what you do. And there's a lot of high expectations. Then I think that's why that plot line was more affecting to me, because that felt like something I could at least secondhand relate to. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, this is something that I know about because a lot of, you know, a lot of parents, they want, especially parents coming from other countries, they want their kids to do really well. They want them to have a much better life than they had, you know, to be a big success. And that is the angle you go because they can't take that degree away. Like no matter, no matter what situation you're in, that's yours if you earn it. So go get it. Um, so that stuff was really impacting, especially someone who like loves the arts like I do is like, you know, died in the wool liberal and spends all his time, you know, watching movies and talking about them. I want that kid to be able to be an artist. And I and I like the fact that they kind of wrapped that up in a really interesting way. It wasn't a 
giant confrontation where he was like, Dad, you're wrong. And the dad cries and goes, yes, you're right. I've been wrong your whole life. They, no, they combine. Uh, no varsity blues yeah. is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, exactly. It's I don't want your life. Like they didn't, they didn't go that <laughs> route. Instead, they combined art and engineering with this giant decoration. And I was like, that is actually really clever. And that is maybe the one thing that I kind of didn't see coming in yeah. this movie, which was which was kind of a pleasure in a movie that is – Racist. We know. You didn't expect it to be clever. We get it, Dave. <laughs> I mean, I don't expect the movie you picked to be clever either. So you know, it's fine. let me give you let me give you a uh, a peek into uh, like from the other side. Now that I am a parent, um, <clears throat> I'm constantly trying to impart like stem. Give him textbooks already. Jesus, how old is and this I kid? He's <laughs> <Ease> up. <laughs> So, yeah, she just turned two last month, but I had a breakthrough yesterday because, you know, I, I go through the shapes and stuff with her. And so I I, was, I had the iPad and a, um, an Apple Pencil and I was making shapes for her and she gets circle, square. Uh, she can't pronounce triangle just yet, but she knows what that is. And I drew a six-sided figure, which we haven't covered uh, uh, for weeks now, oh. and she said hexagon, and I was like, "That's, I think I might that's, love this that's kid. where love is." I think in I the might hexagon. love this kid. I mean, you could hear the disappointment <laughs> when she couldn't pronounce triangle. Like, God damn it, this kid! But hexagon, we're back, baby. <laughs> and then I drew an octagon, and she was like, "Hexagon." I was like, "No, that's eight sides." <laughs> you were doing so well. Come on, kid. Get it together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. boy, Webb. You are going to be that dad. That's going to be you. She's yeah. going to be crying in college because I, I... she's afraid to uh, to charge some colored markers on, on your credit card. <laughs> <laughs> but a slide rule or whatever you STEM people use, that's fine. Happy and no healthy. Markers. Those are the two most important things, but. Hey, your your yes, psychology still falls under. Uh, it does not, sir. There, there's no, enough science. No, there, right? no, that no, is a soft science. That is a soft science. Ask ask a biology major what they think about psychology majors and get ready for the laughter. It is. It's not. You the were same. talking to a snake oil salesman, right? I here mean, that's on. true, but that's not <laughs> connected <laughs> to to the psychology base. That's that's different. Yeah. So uh, you know, whenever I do ultimately make my. Uh, you know, greatest list of all time on my deathbed and like this is it this is the final <laughs> list that i'll ever make i i'm certain that american desi will be on there somewhere uh it's i i, I don't think it's for everybody but at the same time i do there, there's enough stuff here that i think uh you can appreciate it you're right it is very unrefined it is clumsy uh but i think it gets its message across so and i'm so glad to have shared it with you guys like i do appreciate and i I was half expecting a little bit of pushback because this my most recent watch was through the eyes of somebody who had never really seen a Bollywood film, uh, someone who was uh, really critiquing it as if this was uh, as if they had just watched a bunch of Orson Welles films and like, all right, now it's time for American Desi after F for fake. So I was much more critical of it this time, but I still couldn't help like loving uh, almost all the same jokes that I, I always love. Like the, the lackeys from uh, the villain, <laughs> the scene where they're like, maybe we can go steal some of his compact discs. Like it, <laughs> it makes me laugh every time because it's so Glad stupid. Glad you're the one who did that voice. I think so, that's like, the like only that, one like, of us who can get, get away with that. <laughs> 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 like, I know I'm never going to see that in a uh, David Fincher film. So, it's like I appreciate it here. Yeah, we missed our you shot. Don't believe how <laughs> upset I was when I was watching Twenty Four and Cal Penn was like a was a hidden terrorist. And I was just like, I guess we're back to this. You know, after, after God, I miss the good like old this. days when he was just dropping end bombs everywhere he went. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, a uh, an Indian character Web can relate to, as opposed to the terrorist. I guess like mm. yes. <laughs> Well, on that note, Webb, would you like to promote our other podcast, uh, Trilogy and Theory? Thank you, Dave. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. That Look, he brought it up. <laughs> I did. I did. For for the highest of production value and the most succinct of podcasts out there, I think Trilogy and Theory is is just uh, you know uh, 
just your bag. So uh, I would highly recommend you uh, check it out if you haven't. Uh, if you don't, that's okay. I'm still going to make it. I, I It's too much fun podcasting with you guys to, to, to stop at this point. I, I just don't see an end. <laughs> Unless, of course, we have like kid number two and then I really can't. <laughs> that, that, that no longer the excuse. Well, don't way. mess up this first one. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. He comes on off-screen death, and he's like, "There is no end. This is—it's <laughs> never going to stop." <laughs> and also, Webb would like to tell you that uh, if you listen that's... to a podcast at more than one time speed, you are a monster, uh, and you should oh, <laughs> only listen to Trilogy and Theory at one speed. That's it. Half speed. Half speed. <laughs> Stretch it out. Just to get it to a, like a proper podcast length. <laughs> it cracks me up how much you have held that 17-minute trailer against the show web. You're like, this is insane. This is I'm just glad somebody anymore. listened to it. That's, that's fine. <laughs> I did look at the numbers, Dave, and uh, most people skip the trailer. <laughs> you can tell that it's like, all right, yeah, we don't need that. I know these idiots are. Just go to the movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's funny is that like all podcasts kind of boil down to just people talking about a film. Like no matter what gimmick you put in front of it, it's still ultimately uh, just two people talking about a film. So, yeah, I understand the need of a trailer sometimes, but. I feel like the trailer was more for us to kind of figure out where we were headed than anything else. I mean, this isn't, you know, yeah. the, the new season of You Must Remember This or something. Like, this is, <laughs> you know, if we had, like, a huge following, sure, a trailer, you'll build excitement, sure. But, like, yeah, this is... How right. dare you, Dave? I'm going to drop a trailer every other week in between episodes. <laughs> a trailer for the next episode. 